0: In the
1: Remember Chai first invites us to enter into these teachings by setting our mind in the noble disposition of bodhicitta thinking that we will study and practice dharma in order to bring each and every sentient being in the infinity of space to the state of totally pure utterly perfect and precious enlightenment. <clears throat> And in our study of dharma today, this afternoon, we are looking
0: at the Vajrayana pledges
1: or vows.
0: Sure.
1: In the various categories of this section, we, some of which we touched on yesterday, we have the essence of the Vajrayana pledges, the various categories, how they can be acquired if, they've not already, if they're not already held, and so on and so forth. This afternoon we'll look at the section which deals with how to safeguard or how to nurture those vows.
0: Uh-huh.
1: There are in fact a, a whole host of different categories and points in this section and um, we would never have time to enter into all of them and so we will look at them through
0: three main aspects or three main parts of them. Okay.
1: Um, one thing is that each of the main levels of Tantra has its own vows. So the Kriya Tantra has its own Kriya Tantra vows, Charya Tantra has its own Charya Tantra vows, Yoga Tantra has its own Yoga Tantra vows, and the highest Yoga Tantra has its own uh, specific vows. This is very similar to the, uh, in a way, to what we have with the different levels of uh, ordination or self-liberation vows where there are m- many different stages or levels each with their own things to be looked after to be guarded At As for you, you can speak
0: about it and you can speak about it and you can speak about it You have to speak about it and you One of
1: the main aspects of the um, various Vajrayana vows are the vows related to the five Buddha families and these are common to most of the tantras and they form a basis for the pledges or the samaya of most of the tantras. In fact when we look at what are called the five Buddha family pledges, then there are those which are common to the tantras and then there there are the five Buddha family pledges or samaya uh, specific to the highest yoga tantra and today we'll be looking at the one which is common
0: all the tantras <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now we talk about the five Buddha families but we should know that these are definitely not five separate things. These are five different aspects of something which is indivisible and that any Buddha has those five aspects. Which are intimately related with five things, which are the body, speech, mind, qualities, and activities. Body, speech, mind, qualities, and activities. So these are present in every Buddha. And although these families highlight one or another of these, uh, they are uh, aspects, they are not separate Buddhas, different Buddhas. That is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: These are represented by the five main um, Buddhas, which are the heads of those families, and which are, um, we can't really twist around, but they should be represented on the shrine Somewhere there should be the five um, leaders of the five Buddha fa- Buddha families. Can't twist that much. But anyway, normally in Buddhist temples, in the Bajrayana temples, they're represented. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. so, um, the, the,
1: yeah, they're the ones that, up there above the main Buddha, you have the wooden frieze with five Buddhas in, um, carved into it. They're the five Buddha families. Now, what these are is an outer representation of the body, speech, mind qualities and activities that are true to any Buddha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: then these each have their attributes, such as they're each one associated with a specific color and, and so on. Uh, but we're not talking about that just now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there is not one Buddha of all of the Buddhas which doesn't, how like can we say, belong to one of these five families? This five Buddha families cover everything, every every possibility. And in another way, we can say that taken together, they sum up what the totality of a buddha is. So then, because these embrace all of the buddhas and all the families, we'll be looking at the general um, vows that we undertake related to each of these families. Tae, Tombono,
0: uh, Taejiki, Kiri,
1: the so the first of these uh, families is called the Tathagata family, and this is related to the uh, physical qualities of a Buddha, physical qualities of a Buddha or the body aspect, body, speech, mind qualities and activities. It's the body aspect. Tathagata family is the body aspect, and that is represented by the head of that family, who is Buddha. Viral
0: China. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the commitment that's related to the uh, Tathagata, Tata, Tathagata family of Vairochana is all based around uh, the maintaining of bodhicitta. And we saw in the previous teachings in this series that one of the main points in bodhicitta is to maintain the three types of right conduct. The right conduct of avoiding harm, the right conduct of uh, nurturing virtue, and the right conduct of benefiting other beings. Those three aspects of right conduct uh, are at the heart of bodhicitta, and to maintain those is the samaya, the pledge of this family. The basis for that right conduct of avoiding harm, nurturing virtue, benefiting others, is the taking of refuge. So the observing and the safeguarding of refuge is very important in respect to this family.
0: That was the first one. That was the first one. That the
1: second Buddha family is that is the Vajra family and they are related to the Buddha mind. So out of body speech mind qualities activities they're related to the mind. The buddha mind is represented by uh, the head of the family, Buddha
0: Akshobya. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the
1: attributes of akshobhya are the vajra and bell and for the vajrayana yogin to possess or carry the vajra and bell is the commitment of of this family
0: ta chenye do den ba lajit ta ki yabo ji de uni chase do ji ba do ji do ro ta ndi chen den de da hon chenye do ma den ba rawo do do ndi mai mba ji ta do do
1: so then uh, Rimachi is pointing to it. There's a Vajra and Bell which are on the shrine tables here. And he's saying that the uh, Vajrayana practiser should have a proper Vajra and Bell. Their Vajra and Bell should have all of the right attributes and qualities, not just any old Vajra and Bell.
0: Oh <laughs> Well
1: actually the ones that are here on the table is they're a bit on the large side. They don't have to be as big as that. The large or small doesn't matter too much. But how the design is done, uh, quite how the various details of the different parts of the voucher and bell are done, that is important.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. then as far as um, practice goes then the commitment is to practice Mahamudra in relation to this family and this means amongst other things cultivating a view of the um, non-own existence of perceived reality so rather than seeing rocks and stones and buildings as being solid and existing in their own right, then one should cultivate an understanding of the union of voidness and appearance. Then you know, Ronggeng can't understand Ronggeng Lu La. Then
0: you don't understand. Got it? Xie Jidong did a good Xie Jidong. I mean, then you know, Ronggeng Dong, La Manju doesn't understand Ronggeng Zongju. I mean, that then, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. uh,
1: also, part of the samaya of this family is to always be careful to respect one's own gurus and also one's teachers, um, kempos. Um, this is also part. So. Part of the Samaya. So, all of those different things from the Vajra and Bell through the practice through to the respect and devotion for the masters, these are all part of, we can say, either the Vajra family commitment or the commitments to the Buddha's Buddha mind. It's the same thing. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Now th- the
1: third family we consider is called the Jewel family or the Ratna family. And the head of that family is Ratna Sambava. Ratna Sambhava is the head of the Jewel Family, and in terms of the Buddha's body, speech, mind, qualities, and activity, this is the family of the Buddha's qualities. <speaking in Spanish>
0: La peinture de la on de then,
1: um, the what one needs to do to maintain the commitment to this family is to become a holder of the dharma, so that one has the wealth of dharma to be able to share with other people, to be able to give to other people, and. Uh, which was talking yesterday or the day before about um, having the authentic Dharma and giving the authentic Buddha Dharma to other people. Um, So this is one form of wealth to give. If there is material wealth of any sort, uh, goods, financial wealth, then the commitment of this family is to use it in generosity for whoever needs it. That's with the material wealth. Then the third type of generosity, um, in the three classical types of generosity, there's dharma, generosity with dharma, generosity with goods, and the third type is the generosity of protection from fear, protecting beings from the fear of samsara, from all sorts of fears. So if the opportunity arises, um, one can help a person, somebody not to be so uh, afraid. Upset and so on, then this is the gift of strength, the gift of peace of mind.
0: I don't You
1: I forgot to say before, then still in this uh, um, jewel family and then also the practice is to cultivate loving compassion for all beings, it's very important. Then fourth we come to the uh, lotus family, Um, so the Padma family or lotus family. The head of that family is Buddha Amitabha, and in terms of body, speech, mind, qualities, and activities, Amitabha represents the Buddha speech.
0: That's
1: the commitment for this family is to keep the three levels of vows: the self-liberation vows, the bodhisattva vows, and the Mahayana vows. So, a close, a careful attention to vows is the, the main samaya.
0: the this
1: means to be devoted to those vows, to have a heartfelt respect for their value and their qualities. And on the contrary, never to disrespect them in the sense of thinking or saying, uh, I belong to this type, for instance, I'm a vajrayana practiser, and uh, the um, self-liberation vows are no good, or whichever way round it goes, any deprecating of any of those levels of vows, any disrespect towards them or towards the holding of them shows an ignorance of their purpose because as Rinpoche explained the other day, uh, the one depends on the other. If there isn't the first level of vow in place, like the first floor of a building, then the second and the third can't can can't be there. They each have their great value. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: fifth Buddha family is the family of action or karma and the karma family has as its head Buddha Amogasiddhi Siddhi. and of the body, speech, mind, qualities and activities this uh, represents the Activity of the
0: enlightened ones. Mm. the uh, Uh
1: so then in order to keep this Samaya or the commitment of this family then one needs to fulfill the various one needs to accomplish the various activities of Vajrayana now the way these are expressed are either as the uh, performing the outer the inner the secret practices of the deities or we can put it another way another aspect which is to perform the four activities which are peaceful increasing uh, empowering and wrathful peaceful, increasing, empowering and wrathful If we take all five of those together now then, by observing those various things that have just been listed, then this is what is meant by maintaining the samaya to the five families. That's the other. Then, when he carries the jar over, he na don't pass on
0: just to him to carry the jar over. Then he na, ah, carry the na did just carry the jar over. That's the other. Ah, that uh-huh. carry uh-huh. the jar Mm
1: -hmm. So we went step by step very simply through the various specific Sumayas, but now we come back to the first point because it's an important point and it's something that we ought to know. We ought to take away from these teachings and then afterwards it should be something we know just like that, which is that although there are the five families, they are no more than these five aspects of the one Buddha mind or of any Buddha, that is to say these are the way that the Buddha's body, uh, that is to say physical manifestation, speech, mind, all the qualities and the various activities, these are the way that they are specifically represented. But that they are always never separate, they are all part of the one Buddha, one Buddha mind.
0: Then no son then no
1: Now, if we develop this idea, as it is developed for better understanding, um, if we develop it a little bit, not a lot, then if we take any one of those Buddhas, for instance, Buddha Amitabha, who is at the head of the lotus family, (coughs) the Padma family, then Buddha Amitabha, of course, has body, speech, mind, qualities and activities. So within any one of these five, then there will be those five aspects. So there will be, if if, uh, Amitabha is the speech aspect, there's 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 the body of the speech, the speech of the speech, the mind of the speech, the qualities of the speech, the activity of the speech and so on. This will give us actually 25 quite specific in categories or subcategories
0: to mm-hmm. consider. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is this sort of way we can see how out of one thing it develops into five and it develops into twenty-five. This sort of deeper understanding of the specific qualities helps us to understand all of these hundreds and thousands of Vajrayana deities. Yes.
0: When we were taught in the past, we were taught in the past, and we were taught in the past, and we were taught in the past, and we were taught in the Doji the Doji is a Cassio Dina, me no any, So, therefore, if we think of
1: just a couple of the Vadriana deities and practices. If we take, for instance, Jawa Jamso, then uh, when in the practice of Jawa Jamso, then um, Jawa Jamso's head, or guru or supreme figure, is Buddha Amitabha. His crowning glory is Amitabha. So we know, therefore, that Jawa Jamso is part of the lotus family, the Padma family. And if we take Vatravarahi, uh, for instance, then Uh, her crowning glory is Buddha Akshobhya. So we know from that that Vajra Varahi is part of the Vajra family. And so on and so forth. Each of these hundreds or thousands of different, what we call deities or practices, belongs one way or another to one of the five families. There's not one which is not included in these five families.
0: <that-happy noise> so Tata, <imitation noise>
1: What's the benefit of all of this complexity? Well the benefit is that for instance if we are involved or hearing with or involved with Amitabha practice then once we know that Amitabha this is linked with the lotus family the lotus family is what? This is the representation or the emanation of the speech of the Buddhas or if we know that with Vajra Varahi she is the Vajra family. So what is the Vajra family? This is the expression of the mind of the Buddhas. Each time it takes us back to the one Buddha mind with its various qualities. It helps us to understand how all these various deities and practices are specific aspects of the one Buddha mind
0: ta detcha mm-hmm. yapu jiha go go na deni lat detcha go har har ndu mare ta khama go na laton ji khaga khagandao amara goro madu mm-hmm. fare semo rahi man dau di dela kali chere chere Tati tis latra pitiki ji ji manapadao Oh,
1: If we understand this principle well, then it will very certainly improve our practice and take our practice to wiser, better places if we don't understand it then the contrary to that is thinking of each practice as something very separate and we become like nationalists just like you have you know the english and the french and the hungarians and the russians and the americans and whatever it is then and then because there's this separation i'm this you're that these things are very distinct then it can lead to all sorts of troubles whereas when everyone is working for the same cause, within the same area, then um, there isn't that at all. So that we can understand that all of these different practices are not different things. They are all working towards the same end in their own specific ways.
0: (laughs) Uh Now
1: this is a topic Rinpoche would really like to develop sometime when he comes in the future because it's very important to give us uh, a much closer idea of what Vajrayana practice itself really is and how these different So called deities or practices do fit into the scheme of things, so we don't fall into this territorialism of you know, I'm for this practice or he's that practice or whatever it is. But there isn't the time in this particular course.
0: Sawakilitio then uh, For instance, in this morning's uh, teaching with the
1: meditation
2: instructions,
1: we could see there's quite a lot of work to be done, hard work to be done in different areas. Um, There's this to be done and that to be done with the mind when it's at rest. There's this to be done, that to be done with the mind when it's in movement and so many questions to ask. And the actual work is a lot of hard work because we need to actually do it until it's very, very clearly understood. But then, even though there are all those details, even though there's all of that hard work and industry that's needed. If we understand the one purpose behind it all, which is simply to understand the mind, then we can understand and value each of those specific aspects because each of them brings a bit more information and understanding that in the end helps us to know the mind. And it's the same with vajrayana practice. Each practice has an enormous amount of details and specificities. You have to do this and do that and each one's quite different in the details. But if we do know that all of those different practices stem from the one place, they're leading us towards the one realization, then we'll be able to practice them with much more happiness and confidence. The qualities will come out uh, much more uh, quickly.
0: Then the do Yeah, not all Gabo, Jobo, Deva, the Duna, Then 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 So all of the different
1: Buddhas All of these different deities and practices, they all are aspects or facets of the one Buddha, the one enlightenment, the one pure mind, the one Buddha mind. And um, to help us understand that, we can understand through the sort of things we were looking at uh, earlier today, um, that our mind has so many aspects. so many different thoughts, so many different feelings. Uh, the r- variety is almost endless, but all of those different thoughts and feelings are the feelings of what? They're the feelings of one mind, which does this and does that. So, just as all of the thoughts and feelings are the feelings of one mind, so all of these different aspects of the Buddha's are aspects of the one pure mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is delightful. This
1: is delightful. This is why Rembache is having a good chuckle and looking very happy. This is delightful because if we understand That all of these different Buddhas that we practice, these different aspects that we do sadhanas for, if we understand that all of those are facets of the one Buddha mind, it makes it so easy and understandable and delightful. Just the same as when we understand that whether the mind is happy, sad, this way, thinking this, thinking that, it's all aspects of the mind and if we can understand that mind, then we've understood all of those different aspects. It's very delightful. (laughs) So we're all going to get delightful very quickly. We're going to be delighted (laughs) rapidly. (laughs) Uh Uh So let's all meditate well then. Let's all get really happy very quickly. (laughs)
0: That's
1: Okay. So with the simple explanation that we had in the first part of this talk, we have an explanation of the uh, outer pledges of Vajrayana, the pledges of the five Buddha families.
0: Mm-hmm. On La La Ta uh,
1: mm-hmm. Now, the next thing we we'll look at are the vows of the highest yoga tantra, the anuttara Yoga Tantra. And uh, there are several reasons for this. One is that m- most people here have probably received many empowerments. And for the large part, for the most part, the empowerments we receive are Anuttara Yoga Tantra empowerments, Highest Yoga Tantra empowerments. So it's good to know what the Samaya, the commitments of such a level of empowerment is. This is one point. But then also, as we saw in the previous days, as we went went through the self-liberation vows, when we get to the highest level of vow, which is the bhikkhus vows, then they incorporate everything that's below them. They're not something different. It's a building up, so that's the largest set. If you've got those, you've automatically got all the other commitments going down through novice, through layperson's commitments. So in that way, if we know what the vows of the highest tantra, the high Yoga tantra are, then there, because it's the highest level, it includes all of the levels of the tantras leading up to that, the other three Levels of Tantra. So, what we'll look at in the uh, High Yoga Tantra vows are the 14 root commitments of Anuttara Yoga Tantra and the 8 main subsidiary commitments of Anuttara Yoga Tantra.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 So these are called the fourteen main vows, and they're the fourteen,
1: uh, so these fourteen or, or root vows. What is the root? of the commitments. What is the root of what's happening in this Tantra? The root is the union of wisdom and skillful means. There's there's wisdom, deep understanding. There is skillful method. And these two need to be totally integrated so that they're not two. These two need to be inseparable. So these these, uh, vows that we nurture... Are the ones to preserve this or nurture this union of wisdom and skillful means. He didn't only
0: in Dongpo, oh yeah, he Dongpo the uh, the Lu Pang, Lananda, Lamalanda, oh yeah, he the day he came, So
1: the first. Uh, vow is to respect the Vajra Master and um, this means that one's own guru or the teachers of Tantra, the ones from whom one learns Vajrayana.
0: Lana <laughs> wireless des tradeus entre le milliard de nousailleurs. Vous pouvez en faire un maladeur. Voilà tout ce qui signifie. Et toi aussi, tu le veux. Toi, tu as des мечes de laothéorie inhabituellement, tu as des écoles la peinture. Tu te dis peut qu'en faisant 33 ans et traite, revoluком les pays de l'IA 다시 remagera quand on ene experiments. On parle encore une ran образом. Cette fréquence est trèsполice donc parfois... On veut gagner maintenant des underneath, 最on de We
1: we'll look at these um, commitments in terms of their opposite, that is to say what is a downfall. So we are looking actually at the 14 root downfalls of Vajrayana. We are not so much looking at what we need to do as the things that we will do that we we'll spoiled, that will ruin our sumaya. So the first of these is... We already did that. It's related to the master or the teacher and it's to respect the teacher. So then to disrespect the teacher is is the first root downfall. And now this may sound a bit strange. It may sound like some sort of way of ensuring that teachers are never criticized. It may sound... It could be understood... Wrongly, it could be understood uh, in a very negative way. Uh, The way to understand it is very straightforward. It's when we practice Vajrayana, then if we don't have a teacher, someone to show us what to do, someone to guide us in the practice, then certainly on our own we're never going to achieve anything. The whole thing depends on the presence of a skilled teacher. This is not some strange magic, it's the same in many circumstances when we're at school, when we're learning when we're being educated uh, it's very easy to see that how much we learn depends on the quality of the teacher but also how much we heed the teachings that are being given and respect the teachings that we're receiving. It's a very (coughs) simple mechanism from that point of view, very similar In Vajrayana because it's dealing with our mind, uh, then the teachers give teachings, and all of that is the root of our own accomplishment, our own achievement. And to maintain a pure connection with that is very important. <laughs>
0: नayon lana ta 我们讲自一个,不要再走 the the So the Now, of course,
1: to say to disrespect of Adriana Teacher is a very sort of broad and vague statement. And when we go into the details, then uh, of, uh, it it, becomes, it can become quite complicated uh, as to which of all the different teachers it is, to, what needs to happen to make a root downfall, you know, to have lost the vow, to have broken the samaya, then the, we need to know what sort of a teacher and what needs to actually be done that qualifies as disrespect. As far as the teacher is concerned, then it's not just any Vajrayana teacher that happens to be, it's somebody from whom we've received either empowerments, it's one thing, so it's an empowering Lama. Uh, it's somebody, second thing, who has given us explanation of the Tantras, that's the second thing. And third, it's somebody who has passed on the oral instructions of the lineage. So the empowerment, that means someone who's given the empowerments. explaining the tantras means not necessarily going through the ceremony of the empowerments, but explaining the meaning of the uh, tantric practices or of the tantras in general from the scriptures. And then thirdly, passing on the oral instructions, this means the ones who teach the channels, the energies and so on, uh, these secret or inner practices, so
0: it's to disrespect one of those. da, mm-hmm. <laughs> to <laughs> Now,
1: that explanation uh, of who is the Vajrayana Master is is a general one in the Tantric tradition. And in fact the definition of what's called the Mula Guru or the Root Lama varies according to the tradition. In our Kadha tradition, the Rukguru or the Mula Guru is defined very clearly and very specifically. It is the person from whom one receives the pointing out of the nature of mind. That is one's um, Rukguru. So that needs to have happened before one has a Rukguru. guru. Moyon told me
0: that the Nidavina, that Lama Miba Adina, that Naroga Tena, that Chu Titney, God to Check you, Narola Saina, Santa Pantu Check you, God to Check you, that Saina, that they are the Lamazonga, and I did
1: attend it. So if one hasn't yet got to the stage of recognizing the Buddha mind, recognizing the true nature of mind, then does that mean you don't have a root teacher? Well, technically, according to the definition, yes. But Rimuce says to his mind, until that time happens, then whichever guru it is who's been the kindest to us, who's taken us the furthest, who's nurtured us the most, is perfectly fine to think of that person as one's own root guru. Mm-hmm.
0: Gi and and Ryan mm-hmm.
1: uh, in order for there to be a root downfall then there need to be four conditions present in the action of disrespect. First of all, the basis, that is to say the guru himself, herself, guru, needs to be proper. Someone who qualifies as a guru to whom disrespect means breaking the vow. That's the first thing. Secondly, there has to be the intention, the motivation to disrespect. Has to be uh, that motivation or intention. Thirdly, the action of disrespect uh, needs to be entered into. So it's not just the idea of disrespecting, it is something needs to be done. And fourthly, it needs to have been um, completed as intended. It needs to have been completed. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Lama Yimba. Lama Mena, Ngaru Latu Anjomare, yoda Khojito Dina, Yod, Lama Yimba,
1: Tombo. So first of those is the basis. There needs to be a guru in this scenario, otherwise there's no downfall. Tengi Samba.
0: Samba Mo Mo Sen secondly
1: there needs to be the intention this means that before the actual action is done one needs to have been intending to harm in some way the guru, or one needs to have been intending to insult the guru, or one has been uh, thinking critically of the guru, preparing in some way to insult or to harm. Yeah, mm. that's
0: Mm Third is the actual um, action, and
1: this um, action uh, means that one actually does the harm, whether it's a physical harm or one says something which is insulting. Um, and that action uh, mainly with the the speech usually with the speech needs to be accompanied by the mind which thinks negatively about the teacher and also this can be an action of mind where through the intention that came before some actual decision is reached in the mind which is uh, harmful to the bond (laughs) Tatu Tatu,
2: that
0: in Then he,
2: not
0: are it. Chiso Sandra then
1: the fourth thing is the completion now completion here needs to be understood in the sense that one session if you remember from yesterday a session is four hours four hours needs to If four hours have gone by without something being done to repair this, then the action has, how can you say, this negative action has run to its completion. During those four hours, during one session of the day, that action isn't complete. It's not a negative action because there's a possibility of repairing it. Beyond the four hours, then it's gone past repair. So this means that um, if, say, a couple of hours after Doing something negative or saying something negative, one suddenly realizes what a harmful thing that is, then it's still possible to repair it in which case it becomes not a root downfall but a branch downfall a subsidiary downfall it's still a negative thing but it doesn't mean you lost your samaya for that practice or for that for that uh, teacher. <laughs> So, then, now the second of the fourteen is to um, uh, to go beyond the boundaries of the Buddha's teaching is how it's phrased. Mm. To
0: the uh, mm-hmm. mm. Mm-hmm.
1: this uh, transgressing let's say of the Buddha's teachings uh, means that or uh, well, the main teachings of the Buddha or we can say the main teachings of the Guru because we receive them very often through our Guru the main teachings are about what is to be done and what is to be What is not to be done, what's to be avoided. So then if we're doing what the teacher or the Buddha's teaching has told us not to do or um, then this means we've transgressed the Buddha's teaching or the Guru's command and it's a root downfall. and for that um, then the same applies for it to be a root down for, there needs to be the basis there needs to be the intention there needs to be the action actually done and then the four hour period needs to have been elapsed without doing anything to rectify it
0: mm. ta now in
1: this case the basis for this downfall is that there, there does need to have been an instruction that's received we need to have been taught or been taught to do something or not to do something mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The second aspect is the intention, and there the intention mean needs to
1: be the intention to go against that command, to go against that um, advice and this needs to be for somebody who understands the advice. If there's been a misunderstanding or there isn't yet a proper understanding of what's being taught then it's not this root downfall but when you know very clearly what you ought to be doing and didn't ought to be doing and then still you're thinking about not doing it then uh, that's the or
0: intention ta mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: The actual action is uh, fairly uh, obvious, so then whatever one's been instructed to do, uh, then intentionally you don't do it, or whatever you've been instructed not to do, then intentionally you do do it, I think that's right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Then the fourth aspect is the same as before That is to say, if this is not rectified within one period of the day Within four hours, then it leads to a downfall Mm. It is
0: a downfall Mm -hmm. The
1: third root
0: downfall
1: is to be angry at one's spiritual siblings, at one's dharma, or in this case vajra, brothers and
0: sisters. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Near inches, is you about it? Then says I, no no no, 短暖是<笑> <西岁。西岁。笑> When
1: we look at the definition of the basis for this, then the, these, or um, well let's call them siblings, uh, then we get four categories. There are general ones, general ones, and this means generally our fellow Dharma practices. So that's very general. There's no particular connection between us and the other person, except for the fact that we are all um, Dharma practices, Buddhists. The second one is uh, a remote connection, where there is some personal connection with the with the person. It's not just they're another Dharma person we don't know, but there's some remote connection. The third one is there's a close connection when there's a quite an intimate bond between us uh, through practice. And the fourth one is actually a connection through family when those people are in the same same family as ourselves. <laughs>
0: La coaré. saint y a uh, you have to you need to correct something I just
1: said um, and this is about the first category the general one it 's not just Buddhists in general it 's all sentient beings in general sentient beings in general so um, then The the reason for this is that every single sentient being has Buddha nature. The Buddha nature exists very naturally, it's called the naturally existing um, potential of Buddha nature. And because each and every being has this, uh, then we should uh, respect and be kind to them and so on on, um, equally. And we are connected to them through that.
0: 리닝케릭
1: And it's the second one, those with whom we have a remote connection, which are the other Buddhists. And so there, the remote connection is that whether they be a Hinayana practicer, Mahayana practicer, Vajrayana practicer, uh, we are all related, besides being related through Buddha nature, we are related, we are siblings, through practicing the Buddha's teaching. Then you know...
0: Non, tu es la pâte, tu as carré de <coughs> <coughs> Son rognon se linquait à la cour. Son sur paillon, vue de son
1: The third category are those who are close. Uh, The way it's phrased is the inner category. Um, So it's the close ones. Close ones. Uh, The close uh, siblings are those with whom we share the same view and the same practice. So although we are uh, fellow Buddhists with all the other Buddhists. Not all Buddhists share the same view of reality, The same they don't all draw the same conclusions from the Buddha's teaching and they don't all practice the same. And so here those very close brothers and sisters within Dharma, within existence, are the ones who have a similar view and practice and usually this means those who are also within the Vadriyana forward, because we share the Vadriyana view, and our practices are similar.
0: Hmm. Then you non-ripiche. We may nagaga la ngaroso da nagaga la yung non-che yung lai, da nungano non-toji pano. Da taka niyul isu guwa niyul na, jingkoji la day ba, la ma jingkoji day then the last one is called uh, the uh, the inner uh, the is in, called the inner one. The last one is
1: called the inner one, and this is one of the same family. I'm not quite sure what I said before. Family, yeah. But it's not family, uh, father, mother, brother, sister family, um, which it could have sounded like before. I'm not sure what I said exactly as the words. But it's the same family here. It means people who are Vajra brothers and sisters because they receive the same empowerments. they've entered into the same mandala through the empowerment, Um, they've received the same... Oral instructions and deep advice uh, from the Vatriyana Mahamudra teachings. So then these are the innermost, these are our real family, the same family.
0: That is what I said.
1: Now, although to be angry or to dispute with or to criticize any of those is not good, for it actually to constitute a root breakage of Samaya, then it needs to be uh, the object or the basis for the action needs to be somebody of the fourth group, that is a Vajra brother or sister who received the same empowerment, same... Deep
0: instructions say nandala. samba mm-hmm. 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 Je Je le
1: So what we looked at there in some detail are the various siblings and we saw that the fourth group constitute the basis for losing the Samaya. Um, Then as far as the intention goes, that's the basis. Then as far as the intention goes, then this means a really aggressive mind. It means a very strong mind and uh, one is very, very upset at the person, very angry at the person, very jealous of the person. There needs to be a a strength of negative intention that's there. The actual action is that one says something or even does something, one says something through jealousy or through whatever defilement it is, one says something aggressive, harmful, or that physically you do something that hurts the person or uh, injures in some way, that's the action, and then the completion is if the session goes by, let's say four hours go by without that being rectified then that's a root
0: downfall. 얘나 L'appareil, Muni, tu if you do not have any problems, you will not have any problems. If you do not have any problems, you will not have any problems. If you do not have any problems, you will not have any
1: Of the different uh, root downfalls, this third one is perhaps the most dangerous. It's the one that's really very likely of all of them. It's it's, it's quite a possibility, so therefore it's something we need to be very, very careful about and wary of. Uh, Because given the ones we've looked at so far, most people do feel very deep respect for their guru, for their teacher, and uh, they take to heart the teacher's advice. But then with our peers, um, it is actually very easy to get upset it's very easy to think badly of them, it's very easy to get into a situation where through anger or jealousy or pride, whatever poison it is, there is a negative action. And then uh, if that's happened and if we haven't realized the gravity of it within the four hours and done something to put it right, then we've lost the samaya. Losing the samaya is not a technical thing it's not just uh, technically we lost the vow. The vow means our connection with the practice and all of its blessing and benefits. As soon as we lose the samaya, we lose the fruition of the practice. With no samaya, no fruition. Uh, this is why, this, is a, uh, this one is a great danger to be aware of.
0: Then, <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm i not
2: La
0: tu les <cười> les que Gamba na longo repare tena gambasonje de ka cheti ti elana ki la matile tena gambati gennola ni teni chedula cigi ci le zopasi cigi ci lana repasi cigi tamba diwaya songo songjik ta gendepa to gen tambo jona bi diwaya chi wili re yona now uh, because we're not buddhas because
1: we're human beings it's inevitable that our minds <coughs> go up and down. It's, it's the very nature of being a human that sometimes our minds get upset, sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad, sometimes we like people, sometimes we're upset at them. But because we're not Buddhas, these things do happen. So if we Vajrayana practices, then what becomes very important is to learn to recognize that and to rectify it quickly. Not to let those precious four hours go by just stewing in the negativity. We can't stop it coming up, but what we can do is, once it's arisen, we can recognise it, understand what a harmful thing it is, and then correct it. Because no matter what the situation is, no matter what other people do, how they are, whatever the details of the situation are, the most important thing is our Samaya. The most important thing is this sacred bond with the practice and realisation. So for the sake of preserving that sacredness within the mind then whatever it is we should have this attitude of we should be able to recognize it when it happens and have this attitude this must be sorted out within the hour within two hours if that needs to be sorted out quickly. If it's just taken place um, in our mind then we need to understand how harmful and dangerous that is for the mind to do the Uh, confession, to do the uh, purification practices. If we've actually said something or done something to another uh, to one of our siblings as was described, then uh, we need to apologize, we need to sort it out and to make things good. It's very important that within the Sangha uh, we learn not to harm each other and we learn how to each other and to help these situations not happen and to help make them good and not fester in some harmful way. In the teachings there's a quotation where it's uh, from the Buddha where it says, Harmony in the Sangha means happiness. Harmony in the Sangha means happiness. So it's very important not to get upset with each other. It's very important that we actually do think very deeply about how to help each other, be positive, make harmony and how to resolve any of these unharmonious
0: situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: Uh, So this takes us on to the fourth of the root downfalls but from here on in we won't look at the details of the basis, the attitude, the actual action and the completion for each of them these are very clearly spoken about in the text, but we just don't have the time to go through them. but by now, we should have the idea that in order for there to be a downfall, then those four conditions need to be met. there needs to be the right basis, there needs to be the intention to do something, there needs to be the actual action, and it needs to have run beyond the, the four hours, or however, that's described for each case. <laughs>
0: Même 니나
1: uh, this way of establishing these four factors, the basis, the intention, the action, and the completion, is not just a, a scholar's analytical pleasure. Uh, it's very important because when all four factors are present, then there has been a root breakage, there is a root downfall, the samaya is lost. So that's very important. If there aren't all four, if one of those four is missing and there are three, then it becomes what's called a subsidiary downfall. I'm not quite sure if that's the best word, but it's not a root breakage. You haven't lost the Samaya completely. There's been damage, but it's not damage, so you, you've lost it. And then if there's only two of those present, it's called a, a, um, a failing. A samaya failing, it's still, something still needs to be done about it, but again, you haven't lost the, the vow completely. So we need to know those four because then, whether one's lost the vow completely or made some damage or a failing, which are one of those three, then the remedy needs to correspond how we restore it, how we put it right. <laughs> za the fourth root down is to abandon loving care
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, the who does this apply to? It means loving care for, the way it's expressed in Tibetan is, for all sentient beings. Which means that if you lose loving care for even one being, then it's no longer all sentient beings. So we, can, we would rephrase that in English as to lose love, to abandon loving care for any being. Then you know,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The
2: fifth
1: one is to lose the
0: uh, body But Pigger the
1: So, um, this has a precise meaning. Um, The way it's described, and in fact what it really means, is that one loses the highest view. Now that highest view doesn't mean a philosophical view in this case. It means the actual state of your mind. Uh, From resting in, from being within the highest view, bliss, voidness... However, we define it, that is lost. Now, this is lost in very specific circumstances. This refers to intercourse. So, if that highest view is lost in intercourse, then it means there will be no longer control of the inner energies. And because of that, there will be climax and ejaculation. And that loses the vowel. Okay. So, ta mm-hmm. mopalana so then number 6 is to um, disrespect the spiritual
0: teachings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So one example of this would be um, that if one is a Vajrayana practicer, then any disrespect towards, any despising of these Sutrayana teachings, Hinayana teachings, Sutrayana teachings, Causes
0: one to lose the, it's a root downfall, loses the samaya. Mm-hmm. 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 Chipola uh-huh. Panzi rondo me do do now this um, disrespect for other teachings
1: or uh, we need to understand clearly what this means. It's uh, If what one says about any sort of spirituality, and in particular about the sutrayana level of teachings or a different level of teachings, a different view within the teachings, if the reason that we're saying this is not so good is through intelligence and pure motivation that is it's something that's going to be very very helpful for the person then that doesn't break this vow it's when the reason that we're saying this isn't so good is out of our own egotism and any of the defilements it's through through pride, it's through jealousy it's through attachment to one's own view it's through uh, extending the ego into one's own particular Buddhist school or view and for that reason deprecating another one, saying, oh, that's no good, our one's the best, then that breaks the vow. But if there really is the opportunity, if somebody is involved in one way and one can explain without egotism or bias, uh, that actually if they can you know, go to another way, this might be more helpful, it might be better, there's more qualities in the practice, that doesn't break this vow, well. so we need to understand clearly what it means. The
0: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 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 Dihoba Mari, Dietonja Drop, Titani Tendisena, Pembamugu, Nobasi, Songana, Delukie, Tatani, N Dokiobari, Tibati Mutula, Delukno, Tatanisia Yobari, Tatarayana, Donana, Sonhua Dani, Then Mari.
1: The seventh downfall is called disclosing secrets. Disclosing secrets. And this means um revealing teachings to people who are not ready for them. This could be revealing Vajrayana teachings, um, the the secret Vajrayana methods of winds or whatever it is to people who are not ready to practice them, not right, suitable people. Or it could be telling the the Mahayana teachings of voidness to somebody who's not ready for them. So what happens is that not only is there no benefit for the person because they're not ready, there's some harm, because it creates a resistance, it makes usually a weird situation that makes them fear or resist those teachings in the future because they had some input from you in the wrong circumstances.
0: Mm -hmm. Tak la Lana pembunyi na orang kalau belaku baris kembang a. Indah duduk ari, saudara kalian ini, indah lebih khas a. Tapi jenisnya na, saham ramai jika a. Tena, dengan zatunnya baris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the The eighth root downfall is called
1: harming the aggregates, abusing the aggregates. Sathya says, abusing one's own aggregates. Uh, the aggregates is just a, a, a dumber way of saying your body. Abusing your own body. So this means uh, that anything we do that harms the body, for instance over, overdoing austerities, damaging the body, um, having a negative attitude towards our body is uh, breaking, or is going against this particular Samaya. Because in this level of Vajrayana teaching, that is to say the highest yoga tantra, then the body is the deity. It's not even the home of the deity, it is the deity. So any harm that one does uh, to oneself is harming the divine. It's harming what is sacred, and so the view we need to have uh, towards this precious sacred existence is a very pure one and the actions we need to have toward towards it shouldn't be ones which endanger it or harm it. Mm-hmm. The ninth one is um, to it's called to Disbelieve what is pure in nature. Ta, tu la sonje sa varanen, tu sa mo.
0: Doni kota la tenzansa. Ah, ta ta karie injer. Injer mare ya, son roony tenzansa wa don. Um, yeng la yong tenzansa jie. Tenzansa wa nido gu.
1: Ta, teni xie nei, tuan juanli. So what is pure in nature here is the profound view. It is the profound view of shunyata or voidness. And that is actually the truth about the nature of things, the nature of reality. And so uh, to disbelieve that, to criticize it, doubt it, make others um, disbelieve it, for the Vajrayana practitioner,
0: is a route down for. and the Ah, so much a Hoya, Corona gone, uh, um,
1: this means that uh, when somebody is has the opportunity to be doing a deep practice whether it be the deity practice and, uh, or if they're practicing Mahamudra or the yogas whatever it is and then you say to them oh, you don't want to do that, no, that's uh, no good or that's dangerous, whatever it is, you're better off saying manis, you're better off saying omani pamahong, or you're better off doing some simple practice, then if they have that opportunity for something which is very profound and you're trying to take them away from that and steal that opportunity, then um, that's what pricks this vow.
0: Mm. Et uh, là, si 다 um, the next one number ten
1: is to love the wicked, is to love the wicked. And so we need to understand the meaning of this. Of course, in one way, we need to have love for each and every sentient beings. Uh, But this means befriending, supporting people. uh, those, not just people, spirits, energies, human beings who are really harmful, who are causing violence and pain, and who are really dangerous and harmful to other beings. And so this actual um, befriending of them is what uh, causes this downfall. Now, there are some exceptional stories of advanced teachers and those advanced teachers who have such wisdom and such uh, power when they realize that somebody can't be Tamed, its one of these evil people, cannot be tamed by good sense, common sense, loving kindness, words of wisdom about caring for other beings. When they're hopeless cases of violence and aggression, then there are cases of great masters who've actually killed those people. But when they kill them, they have the capacity of transporting that person's consciousness. Once the consciousness leaves the dead body, they can because it's a different state of being, they can show them the error of what they've been doing and lead that consciousness to a very pure, wholesome, loving, liberated state. So if one's got to that point, then that might be a helpful thing for the world to do. And until that point, then of course it's not good to go around killing people. And so the, what loses the vow here is to make sure that we're not supporting and befriending uh, such people are such forces and energies, spirits. Mm-hmm. Number 11 is to uh, apply conceptuality, discursive concepts, to ultimate reality. That the that the
0: that the on the yana, tina, the So what this means
1: is um, it doesn't mean that as soon as we think about ultimate reality, we lost the vow. What this means is that uh, ultimate reality itself, in other words, the, the real truth about ourselves or about the cosmos, is beyond all words, it's beyond any conceptualization at all. So, if as a yogin and somebody who's following the Vajrayana, we consciously get involved in pointless philosophizing I think that's the best term for it, pointless philosophizing it's a word in Tibetan, it's togewa the people who just argue and debate and talk for the sake of it then this lo- this is what loses the vow
0: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But then also the basis for that is within ourselves, it is within the way we do tend to conceptualize ultimate reality. So then when we find the mind doing that we need to bring the mind back to what is called um, auto-cognizant primordial wisdom or self-knowing primordial wisdom. In other words, our knowing of the mind needs not to be through words and ideas, but it needs to be within the vivid self-knowledge that happens in the moment of awareness. <laughs> okay, uh, I think it's okay to carry on. I don't know. If, yeah, it seems okay. Um, so then the number 12 is to cause um, our fellow Buddhists to lose faith, to cause believers to lose faith.
0: The to cause
1: believers
0: <laughs> to lose faith. Il mmh. se mmh. mmh. This uh, means that um, it's
1: usually it's usually a failing of speech. It comes through what we say to other people, and whether these be yogis or yoginis, people practicing Vajrayana, whether these are renunciates, monks, nuns, then. People who have faith and who are happy in their faith, is to say things which are put down what they're doing. Give them doubts through your criticism. They start to doubt and they lose the faith in their own path. So if you're saying, "How oh, what you're doing there? That's a load of rubbish that you're up to. What on earth's that? It's no good for anybody." That sort of thing. People really have doubts then if there's the intention and if you actually say it and so on if all the factors are there it's the twelfth root down, downfall
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The thirteenth root downfall is failing to accept the various substances which are presented during the tantric activities during the empowerments or the uh,
0: feasts and so on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 从我们上走又远筛<主持人事>
1: So this means that in, well, in this level of uh, tantric practice, where uh, highest yoga tantra, then uh, very often part of the offerings or part of the substances used are the representations of the five meats and the five nectars and so on. So it's not to uh, consume those. Or sometimes in the what we call the tsok or the Gana Chakra gathering, then uh, there are, there's a tiny offering of alcohol and even though those who have the monastic precepts shouldn't take alcohol then in those situations it's perfectly okay to take the few drops of alcohol which are given in those circumstances this sort of thing Ta, on
0: no on chi Ta, on Oh,
1: so then to to understand this more clearly then uh first we should know that in some countries or in some places when there are these uh, vajrayana festivities and socks and so on sock and so on then uh there is alcohol, there are the meats, and so on those occasions, those who normally never touch alcohol, they have a vow not to to take alcohol or drink, and those who are normally vegetarian eat meat. And there are some who think that because there's a blessing, then the more you drink, the more the blessing, and the more each meat you eat, the more the blessing.
0: (laughs) Emediément, starting to meet the sacred map. Otherwise, although you are married, to become a friend you never talk about it and then you shall not, uhhuh. yet, put it. Then he said that. Two only salad and go away. Two only
1: salad. Then and say, so we have to understand, if the actual blessing is in the booze, I'm uh, sorry, in the alcohol, and if the blessing is in the meat itself, then just in order to get blessing, all you need to do is go to the pub or go to the butchers. There's lots of booze in the pub, there's lots of meat in the butchers, and so if it's simply by the fact of consuming alcohol or consuming meat, that somehow there's blessing, and the more you take, the bigger the blessing, then there's stacks of blessing in the wine shop and in the
0: butchers. It's not like
1: that. So if one understands it in that sort of a way, then that's not dharma, that's not the practice. Mm -hmm. So there's a symbolic meaning to the taking of alcohol and the meat and the representations of the various meats. But beside the symbolic meaning, the actual use of alcohol or other things as part of spiritual practice, is something that very, 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 very few people can master. So when we go back to the time of Tilopa and Naropa, then they could take quantities of those things and do extraordinary things.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 No, nośćA- You!
2: Doma,
0: combat ce qui est de même mieux. D'accord, c'est un combat qui est là. C'est un combat qui est là. C'est un combat qui est là. C'est un combat qui est
1: So, then, unless one is, like Thilopara and doing those unable to transmute totally any of those substances, then what to do? What to do specifically if someone has full lay vows, or novice monks or nuns vows, or full monks or nuns vows, when it comes to the Vajrayana Dzog the Ganachakra feast, where there is alcohol and where there is meat amongst the offerings. Well, there's a very, very clever solution. Which, uh, because, see the problem is, the pratimoksha vows, the self-liberation vows that one has as an ordained layperson or monk, um, then is that you're, you've taken a vow not to take alcohol. You've taken a vow, sometimes, not to eat meat. And then, so that's one side, not to do it. And then, in the vajrayana, the actual taking of the alcohol, the taking of the meat, is part of the ceremony that you need to go through. So then, very clever solution, is for the alcohol, then one just dips the tip of the finger onto the alcohol and takes one drop and places it on the lips. That way, You've taken it because that's what the Vajrayana ceremony requires. You actually take it, you've taken it. But then you've not ingested it as alcohol. So you've not drunk alcohol. You've honored your Pratimoksha vows. That way, everything's all right. You've taken part in the Vajrayana feast and you've observed your Pratimoksha vows. As far as the meat goes, then uh, if there's a vow not to eat meat and in, very often in the Ganachakra Chakra phase, there are offerings of meat, then what one does is take the tiniest, tiniest fibre, so it says it's like the, a hair of a bee, if that's the right word. One fibre of fur of a bee. A fibre of bee fur. Sounds good. One fibre of bee fur is worth of meat, so that's the tiniest of quantities, and then you just take that. You can't really call that eating meat because there's not enough of it to give you the savour and the digestion and all of those things which really makes eating, but similar to before, it has actually been taken. So one takes the tiniest, tiniest little fibre of the meat and then in that way you've taken the meat. If you're a Mahasiddha, it's different. A different explanation. <laughs> if you're a Mahasite, you know exactly what to do with those
0: things. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the 14th one is to disrespect a female. <laughs> so this might be good news for some
0: people. Oh <laughs> a mm-hmm. Comme en non Take
2: so
0: uh, in the various um,
1: tantras in other places There are all sorts of ways of classifying human beings, of classifying amongst them, of classifying ladies, women, whatever we call them, (laughs) members of the female sex. Uh, But here it's nothing to do with that. This covers anybody, any female whatsoever. As soon as there's any way of disrespect, of putting that person down, of thinking or saying something, which places them in a lower position then um, that is what goes against the vow and then when there are the four circumstances it works it's what causes um, a root downfall <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, this
1: is because of an inner disrespect for the female sex in general. It doesn't mean that in any circumstances we can never say anything bad about any woman. In other words, we have to
0: say that we have to 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 that we have that Pemba shall we mind about that, Chodon Rawdon Yambago, that Pepazina, Tony? So, when you say Gala,
1: Donny, Pemba shall we said the dinner, then you join me. So, the definition of this vow is not in what is said, like a legal technicality, it is in uh, the mind of the sayer. So, it could well be that by pointing out somebody's faults, we can really help them. If the motivation is purely altruistic, really and truly for the other person's good, and we can help them understand that what they're doing is not a good thing, and that it'd be better if they did something which was less harmful or more positive or more skillful or whatever, um, then that's fine. It's helpful. It's truly helpful. Um, But when there is any sort of criticism that comes through self-centered concern, that comes through one's own egotism, one's own pride, one's own attachment, whatever it is, when there's that self-centered ignorant motivation, then that's what breaks the vow.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: now in the future amongst us Vajrayana practices if ever we catch anybody thinking negatively or saying negative things about any lady then we could say you know about the 14th root downfall <laughs> that's it.
0: Then, he the kimchi, gochujuk. When I eat kimchi, I get a runny nose. That's kimchi.
1: There is perhaps time for a really brief question if there is a really brief question. Yes. Uh, the Nyaningla, uh, the Oh dear, what to say? (laughs) What to say? Uh, Because Ramite doesn't want to say anything against the Kamapa. But no, that that seems to be what he said. Here we're explaining the traditional values. So we've even done away with this tiny little drop on the end of the finger. We've even done away with this beef uh hair <laughs> 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 How did you get it? you can just not even put it to your lips you can just oh oh yeah
0: see that's when you la uh 이토 언디 나마페 라디오데 봄보지드 로송 토우 되니 도암바 싼 도암바 싼 요바레 라레 도암바 싼더 멋지게 지나 도암바 싼 카리세 요히오 산진라고지 요바레 키코 타송니 키에레 마송 데 마치라 도암바 싼 마치디 마메레 마치라 도암바 싼 카레오 산진라고
1: 요레 So there we leave the teaching for today and tomorrow is the last session. Tomorrow's session on the vows is the last session on the vows. What we still have to cover are the eight subsidiary failings in um, Vajrayana practice, Vajrayana Samaya. And also a consideration of how, for the Vajrayana practice, how the three levels of vows can coexist and be practiced uh, together. (laughs)
2: Oh tu vas
1: And more lungs. Mm. Is it straight away? Oh.